Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Mike Glaspie, and this is Military Cash Flow. And today we're going to cover a really quick topic, but it's very common question that many new investors are asking. It's who do they need for their real estate team? So today we're going to cover these six essential team members that anybody needs before they get started. Now, before we get started with the video, go ahead and push the like button, subscribe to the channel so you get all the new videos, and share right? And if there's any more questions or any more details by the end of this uh, video that you're looking for, go ahead and put it down in the comments and we'll be sure to answer them as soon as we can. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. So let's start it off. What is the first thing that anybody needs? Now, as an investor, you have to source deals, right? Now you can do it yourself. You can go door knocking, you can cold call, you can purchase your list off of list source and so forth and so on. Or you can simply find somebody who generally is gonna find most of these deals, AKA a realtor, right? A realtor is always gonna have their pulse on the market. They know what's coming up a lot of times before it ever actually shows up on the market. Now here's the key. If you are actually an investor, you're probably gonna to wanna to find a realtor who understands investing, right? Even more so, if you have a very specific niche in investing, you might wanna find a realtor who knows that niche. For example, if you are a fix and flipper, it might be important for your realtor to understand the concept, understand what your maximum price is gonna be on the back end, and understanding what price you need to negotiate on the front end in order to make it work, right? And if you're a buy and hold investor, then it's important that that real estate agent or that broker understands what that rent to price ratio truly is. But nonetheless, having a qualified real estate agent or broker can really increase the amount of deal flow that you receive on your desk every week, every day, every month, and so forth. All right, moving on to number two. You have this realtor, you got all these deals, and you decide that instead of just doing a straightforward transaction, you want to get creative. You wanna do owner financing. You wanna do a subject to deed in lieu of type of transaction. Well, you're probably gonna need an attorney, okay? And now not just any attorney because you can probably throw a rock and hit a million real estate attorneys here in your, in your market area, but more importantly, you're gonna want somebody who understands investing. Somebody who hopefully invests themselves or deals with many clients that work in that specific niche of investing. Perfect example is your commission, your real estate commission for a real estate agent or broker may say that an agent or broker has certain restrictions when dealing with wholesales or lease to owns and things of that nature. But in all reality, a, a truly spun up or on top of it type of attorney is going to know that there are certain real estate laws that people must abide by, right? And that's the beautiful part when it gets to it. We don't like to say... Uh, operate in the areas of gray per se, but it's by clearly articulating what you can and can't do with the real estate law, you can start to carve out your specific niche and give yourself a competitive advantage in your market. So identifying that real estate attorney is super important. Next, contractors. 
Guys, I know this is like the bane of many people's existence. Contractors are hard to come by, especially contractors that you can trust that are going to be on time and they're going to do a good job, but they are important. So there's many ways you can go about finding them. Yeah, you can do your Yelps, your Angie's lists, but more important is are more likely you're going to find a good one through just word of mouth, right? Find somebody who uses many contractors. Now, to be honest, if they're really good contractors and that specific individual that you're using for the reference is really active, they probably aren't going to want to share the contact information. They're going to want to keep it to themselves. But there's many things that you can potentially provide them as a value add, maybe your time, right? Maybe your energy, maybe a partnership opportunity into your deal to gain access to those contractors. And then once you get those contractors, there's a few other steps we recommend in order to kind of vet them. But honestly, you might just need to do some trial and error. With that being said, be sure to hedge your risk, right? Maybe by giving them very small amount up front or having them come in and work on a project or you going to visit some of their project sites. But a contractor is going to be extremely important uh, for any real estate investing strategy, right? I don't care if it's wholesaling. Uh, obviously for flipping or for buy and hold. But let's say it's a burr or delayed financing. Obviously, you're going to have to do some, some sort of rehab, right? So the contractor comes into play for wholesaling. If you don't know how much repairs are needed for that specific property, how can you determine the proper wholesale price? You get it? So even then, a contractor is extremely important. All right. Next, a lender. Yes, a lender is next. And here's why. Typical buy and hold, all day, very easy. Again, you can throw a rock and hit many mortgage professionals who will be willing to give you a 20% down, 30-year amortized loan at whatever the rate may be. But what happens when you start to reach your threshold to hold mortgages in your personal name? As you may or may not be aware, right now you can hold 10 mortgages in your personal name. After that, you either have to take some of those mortgages out of your name, whether that's paying them off or putting them into some sort of portfolio loan or something like that before you can use another loan in your name. So you need to find a lender who gets a little bit more creative. Even if you could do 10, sometimes your debt to income may uh, restrict you from actually reaching that 10. You may be at five or six and can't get any more. So you need to find a lender who is a little bit creative. Maybe they can do some sort of bridge loan maybe some sort of short-term financing with the intent to put you in the long-term after you straighten out a few things um, financially. But regardless, a really good lender will be able to sit down and speak to you and understand your strategy, understand exactly what your end goals are, and then design a very, very, very specific uh, game plan for you and your objectives, okay? That's the type of lender you need to be working with. Otherwise, it's not even worth it. Again, because you could throw a rock and just hit 35, right? In one mile from you. Right? Maybe that's an over-exaggeration, but you get my point. Okay, so we covered realtor. We covered attorney, right? We've covered uh, contractor. And we covered lender. The next two, pretty simple. Property management, right? Obviously, if you want to manage it yourself, that's fine. But in order to truly scale, you're going to have to be able to replace yourself at some point in the process. One of the easiest ways to replace yourself is through property management all day, every day. 
when you have one through maybe let's say five doors while you still have a full-time obligation whether that's you know a family or another job another occupation one to five is fairly reasonable for you to control yourself as you start to get over five doors and again this is my personal experience some some other people may be able to handle more with other obligations but right around that five doors it starts to become a little bit difficult so a really quick method would just to be leverage their time through a property management company now as you find these property management companies you want to make sure that they have uh, some things that make it a little bit more convenient for you to keep a pulse on your portfolio. So an owner's portal, right? Somewhere where you can log on, see all the work orders, see the status of the leases, be able to pull any of the maintenance records or whatever you may need for, you know, tax season or whatever the case may be. You want to be able to control that aspect of it, right? And even some property management companies may have a scaled or a tiered management fee structure saying, hey, from doors one through five, it'll be 10%. Doors five through 10, it'll be 9%, so forth and so on. These are all different types of things that you can ask uh, your property management company. Uh, maybe how many times do you actually walk the property, right? If it's somewhat of a, um, let's say a, a lower class neighborhood in the form of A, B, C, or D, right? Let's say it's a class C, maybe class D neighborhood. Maybe you want more frequent visits, right? And those are conversations that you can have with your property management company, but nonetheless, one of the easiest and quickest things uh, to leverage out. And the final one that many people really don't consider to be part of your team, but it is extremely important, is the insurance provider. Now check it out, guys. A lot of us are in the mindset of homeowner occupied, let's live our day and let's find the best policy for home, auto and boat, right? And so we may go to the local Geico, USAA, State Farm, Farmers, whatever the case may be. And no disrespect to any of them, they have great policies. But again, we are investors. Some of the things that we're doing are a little bit creative. They're a little outside of the norm. So we need somebody who can go outside of the norm with us. Perfect example. If you're doing a burr or delayed financing property where you're gonna go in, or even a fix and flip, but you're gonna go in and buy it at one level or one you know, status, if you will, and then you're gonna put in the rehab and the renovations and then sell it on the back end, during that rehab time, you're gonna need insurance coverage. It's not gonna be the standard homeowner's insurance policy, right? It's gonna be a different policy. But your insurance provider needs to understand that. They need to be able to provide that for you. Right now, let's say you're all done. You reached your 10 properties and you said, hey, I want to wrap these up into a portfolio and then start over with my own personal name into these properties again. Well, you're going to need to get a portfolio loan, which is a different insurance policy. Right. So understanding that an insurance provider has they have to be able to, to think creatively and have multiple solutions for you as you grow. That's the most important part. They'll also be able to tell you how to reduce your premium for your, for your rental properties as you begin to scale. Because where you may be able to reduce your premium, let's just say by $120, that's $10 a month less that you'll have to pay towards a premium. That's a big deal, right? Especially if you can do that per property and you own 10 properties, right? You can quickly see how an insurance provider can, can just make a, a great impact on your portfolio as a whole. Now, this is a quick video, and we already talked about six, six essential team members, but I'm gonna throw you two more bonus team members, right? 
as your portfolio scales. To be honest, I would say after you get eh, two rental properties, obviously case dependent, but there are some really, really advantageous strategies that you must consider by talking to a CPA. Talk to an accountant. They can help you protect yourself on the tax side by a large margin. Now, with that being said, I'm not talking about TurboTax and I'm not talking about H&R Block, right? And again, no disrespect to them, but you need a CPA or an accountant who is well-versed in real estate investing because how you actually file your income is huge. How you take depreciation is huge. For those of you who have been watching some of, some of our videos, we have an episode out with Nick Aola, and I promise I'm trying to say his name right every time. It just catches me off. But Nick Aola, um, he is a CPA that, that works with, uh, with real estate professionals very, very specifically. And in that episode, he talks about all the different strategies. Now, yes, if you're on your first property, it may not be necessary. But honestly, like I mentioned, in my personal opinion, after you get over two doors, you might want to talk to a CPA. And the last little bonus, many people don't think about it, but it's a bookkeeper, okay? You will be astonished at how much time it takes to keep proper books as soon as you start to scale you know, your portfolio. So understand this, the property management company will be able to uh, produce owner statements that show some of the repairs, maintenance requests, right? A uh, management fee, rents that came in, pet deposits, security deposits, all that good stuff. And that is fine, beautiful, wonderful, great. Prior to the property management coming in, how are you keeping track of your marketing expenses, your mileage, um, whatever the case may be, uh, uh, lunches that you're having with real estate professionals, networking events that you're going to, traveling expenses, not just mileage to and from the properties, but maybe you're going to a conference, right? All of these things are business expenses. Education, right? Maybe you're paying for a course in, in wholesaling, uh, paying for your real estate license, anything of that nature. Those are all business expenses. How are you currently keeping track of them? Yes, Please, by all means, you should definitely keep track of them yourselves and looking at other tools like QuickBooks and, and things of that nature. But as you begin to scale, you have maybe five properties that you're holding here, seven or eight flips going on, whatever the case may be, 10 to 12 wholesales within the year. And now your portfolio expands to another state. You can quickly see how, you know, keeping track of all this becomes a challenge. So nonetheless, that last final little tidbit is potentially look at getting a bookkeeper. Now, a lot of accountants actually provide bookkeeping services in-house, right? So meaning if you're at that, that accountant firm, you could probably go to them and they'll have some sort of bookkeeping service, which becomes extremely important because you'll see that the time or, or the costs associated with accountant is in relation to time. Okay. So when you have this sloppy mess of receipts that you've been putting in a manila folder and uh, owner statements all over the place, not digitally filed neatly. And then you just hand over this slop to the accountant and it takes them 20 hours to decipher this hieroglyphic code you gave them. You're going to be charged and you're going to pay for that. However, if your bookkeeping is all well put together, right? And you present it in a nice, easily digestible format for your accountant, the cost of the accountant greatly reduces. 
So you can quickly see how a bookkeeper can pay for themselves over time. All right, quick episode there, guys. I really just wanted to get that information out there for you guys. If you want to know more specifically about how to find the right team members, go ahead and drop something in the comments. And if we get enough feedback, we'll create a whole nother video on how to identify each one of these team members very specifically. But it's been a great time talking to you guys. It's a pleasure. Again, this is Mike Glassby with Military Cash Flow. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time.